Hello, I'm Kieran Lynch, and welcome to Overcast, the Chocolate Sheep Podcast. Each episode brings great insights, advice, and technical updates for the sheep industry. In this week's episode, we catch up with sheep weather farm participant Patrick Dunn. Patrick's farming in the Wicklow Mountains, and he describes his farming system to us and how it has changed over the past number of years from an original 300-year-old Chevy hill flock, which runs essentially as a lowland system, to his current 500-year-old flock split between both a lowland and a hill system. One of the drivers behind the change in Patrick's system was to reduce the cost in his hill flock by increasing the amount of time he spent back on the hill. Patrick discusses the strict culling and selection procedure that he put in place to select a more suitable flock for the system. The change-up also allowed him to increase his overall numbers and operate a higher output lowland flock, which he discusses with us in a bit more detail. It's a very dry farm, and Patrick talks us through how he managed to flock during a prolonged dry spell, which really seen grass growth rates drop off significantly in the farm and required a change in management strategy. He talks us through this and his plans for both flocks for the coming weeks. We're here in the middle of the Wicklow Mountains. We're farming here around 800 feet above sea level, the yard is, um, so we're well up in the hills. Um, we are started off mainly with a hill flock a few years ago, but uh, even though they were a hill flock, they were kind of spending more and more time coming down onto the low ground. So uh, I've got a separate, split them now, I have a separate lowland flock that says in all year on the low ground. I've my hill flock are now gone back, they've been pushed more out to spend more time on the hill. That's causing a few problems. Um, that some of them had become a bit soft over the years just from being kept in. So it's the job now we're trying to select for hardiness and just yos that can rear lambs on the hill. Just maybe in terms of numbers in both flocks, we'll go back to the story of what has changed. Lowland flock at the moment, how many are you running? I'm running about just 200 yos and about 50 hoggets there around lambs as well. And then the hill flock? The hill flock, there's around the 250 mark in it now as well. Um, originally we were running maybe 350 flock, but they were, you know, sort of spending some time on the hill, some time on the low ground. We've been able to carry more since I've split up into a hill flock and lowland flock because I've divided up my low ground into paddocks. All the paddocks now are about two acres each. And we'll be carrying off a lot more sheep on the low ground, and because the hill sheep are spending most of their time on the hill, we're able to keep a bigger number of them as well. I only need a bit of ground down here for to tip them and to land them. So just we'll go back on that maybe first look at where we go. was a Chevy flock of yos. You were really running really a lowland system with that. We were kind of yeah, we were falling between two stools really. We were we had a hill breed, and we were really had the output of a hill flock, but yet we had a lot of the inputs of a lowland flock. We had built a shed and we were laminating our yaws inside. Uh, we were they were spending less and less time on the hill just because we were trying to increase our output. But truth be told, really all we did was increase our costs. Our output wasn't really improving a whole lot. So that's kind of how we went down the road of separating it completely and going a completely different breed of yaw for a lowland yaw. Uh, so we have a mixture of Suffolk Beltler, Suffolk Clean Crosses as the lowland flock and then we still have the chevis there as the hill flock now. Um, we had to do a bit of culling, there was some of the chevis chevis just weren't fit to stand the hill, they weren't uh, rearing their lambs properly on the hill but now we're kind of okay now, we have, we have a decent enough flock of chevis chevis there now, they're, they're living on the hill most of the year, they're going back to the hill with their lambs, they're rearing lambs, you know we have nice store lambs to sell there in the harvest and uh, then we have the lowland flock, we're able to kill the lambs off them off the farm here. So let's like that's going back three or four years. You culled down fairly hard on the hill flock of yos. No yeah, we did. We culled very hard on it. That was the hardest kind of thing to do because sure, look at the flock was here for 
generations kind of thing and we called hard we had to call very hard we had to be very ruthless just to call back but that's the only really thing that was working any old it wasn't any old came in off the hill and didn't have a good nice sized lamb behind her uh, she wasn't bred again to a hill we breed her to a lowland ram there and then we'd sell her and sell the lamb off for the following year you, you were kind of running a cold group nearly yeah, we were, from tipping on yeah we were running a cold group from tipping on and say they were tipped to a stuff around terminal ram and then uh, the lamb would be sold and when the lamb was sold she'd be sold as well we wouldn't run with her we wouldn't give her a second chance and uh, it was pretty ruthless but it worked over the course now it's still a slow burner like that's three or four years gone and it's we're only we're still improving but we are getting there if the one thing with changing breed or change of performance it won't happen overnight no it's a slow burner especially on the hill flock because you're not breeding your yo lambs like on the lowland flock it's a lot faster to do anything because you're working from ram lambs and yo lambs and you can change breeding an awful lot quicker on the hill end of things like sheep's three or old before you're you know you know what you have you get any picture of what she's doing yeah exactly yeah so like right just maybe a point in context you mentioned about output and we'll just tease the lowland one out a wee bit now you'd have been probably weaning 1.3 of that chevy flock yeah there thereabouts but to say there was a lot of inputs going to them they were spending a lot of time in the low ground so there was fertilizer and there was you know it was just they were getting i'm not spending an awful lot more on me lowland flock now and i'm weaning 1.7 kind of thing out of them you're getting a higher output and, I'm a, faster higher output and a faster growing lamb and I'm killing lambs. But look, even when we had the hill sheep here and we were lambing them in the shed and running them around and not putting them, we were still only selling them store lambs in the harvest. We still because just it's just the breed of a hill sheep not to be not to flesh that fast. So just look, we'll maybe fast forward to this year and how things have been going for you. So this year we had we had a good lambing on the hill flock. The weather was brilliant. The hill flock all lambs out now, so the weather this year was absolutely brilliant. But then the drought came. Usually we'd, we'd keep the twins in because it is a bit hard and you always put them to the hill and expect them to wear two lambs. Uh, this year they've had to go purely because of the drought. The inside ground that's attached to the hill just completely burnt up. Uh, it's real light ground on the side of the hill anyway. And it burnt up. So they're all gone to the hill at the minute with their lambs. And What kind of age did you put them up at? Uh, they were young enough. They, we start lambing here. The hill flock starts lambing around the 10th of April and we were gone to the hill... We were gone to the hill by the 15th of May, and but like the spread of laminus, the youngest of them lambs could have been only three, four weeks of age. So they were quite young. Now we did split in two. We went with the older batch first, I suppose it was probably two weeks later before we went to the rest of them when the drought really like bit here and growth just dried up. Literally we had no grass, we would nothing. So the rest of them went at that stage. But yeah, most lambs it wouldn't have been much more than a month old when they went. It just, um, it's, we usually wouldn't go that young, so I'm curious now to see what they look like when we bring them into weaning. Or when we bring them into shearing, I mean, to see whether you know, it, it has affected them or not. But you have been moving, over the last couple of seasons, and you mentioned a bit earlier, you've been moving more and more towards keeping them up yeah, for that's longer the, periods. Yeah, that's the plan here, is to get them to look at their hill flock, and at the end of the day, I want them to live most of the year on the hill. If I can just get, bring them in for tipping, bring them into shearing, and bring them in to lamb, that's the plan eventually. Um, like they're only a hill flock you're only ever going to be producing store lambs from them so I'm just trying to cut down the costs as well like you mentioned earlier but falling between two stools one of the challenges for a flock running you have a separate lowland flock and a separate hill flock you keep a separate bit of ground for them hill yos so you don't rob Peter to pay Paul with them yeah that's it yeah we've separate ground they have their own allocated ground they, the two flocks don't mix or any way at all we deliberately set up that way at the start purely because well this was originally the lowland flock I bought in the flock and uh, 
So I did, you know, I just for biosecurity, I kept them separate and they had their own separate grounds. So now I've just run that. It's easier to keep a handle on your costs and on, it's easier to keep a handle on costs and on everything when they're completely separate. They have their own grounds. They have, they have their own, you know, they have, I have uh, pens and things above underneath the hill that they go through. So the two flocks don't mix and it's, it's the only way I can find to keep the, to keep a track on costs and I'm able to see what they're costing me versus the lowland flock. If they're running over separate fields, over the same fields, you wouldn't be able to work out your fertilizer costs or anything like that. So uh, it's that temptation to kind of balance out your supply and Yeah, that's it too. You, you know, you will be tempted. Now look at this year, you know, you will be tempted when I was one side of the farm ran out of grass a lot more before the other because it's more highly stocked obviously and there was a temptation there to move sheep across to the other side and graze them but we didn't we did what we usually do and um, you know it, it seems to have worked it's worked out now the rain has come and the grass has grown again so I'll come back to the hill flock in a minute you mentioned about grass growing again just take me through like the lowland flock this year again I assume got off to great start seen no hardship early on yeah we got off to a great start the same thing uh, the weather was great during lambing we lambed from about 20 to March on um, we had loads of help this year chops were all home because of Covid and uh, you know everything worked out brilliant that way uh, the lambs were thriving you could see by the lambs they were doing real well and then uh, the seven week weights we weighed them and they were bang on target and we were happy and then the, yeah, the grass we had no rain here since I think it was early April we literally had no rain and grass just started tightening up on us um, so we have to we uh, introduced them a creep then just to try and keep them going, but that, like, it, it's they, they're behind now where they should be when we wean them, they're not where we want them to be, so that's, you know, we have you, to like, feed them. Your growth rates, you were going fairly well early on, they were just dropping, yeah, they were, they were dropping, measuring, like, so it's dropping on a weekly basis. We were measuring here every week, I started measuring twice a week, trying to just see was there any hope for grass, but... We went from normal grass growth back down at one stage. We were down to 14 kilos we were growing. We were uh, down to one day ahead on the lowland flock. So um, at that stage, like, we literally had nothing. It was a case of poop bed, so I literally always or do something else. So a little a piece of uh, meadow came up locally there for setting, and I just rented it and put turned the O's in it. We created a strip wire with them, and we strip grazed it, and uh, it just bought me a bit of time. Um, now, we still had to put a creep feeder because when they came back onto my own ground, we didn't have a whole lot of grass, but at least that just bought us a little bit of time. So, right, yeah, training the lambs on the creep, what was your aim with that? Like, you were you were going to wean earlier this year because of where you were? Yeah, we were going to wean early anyway, so I wanted them just to be eating a bit of creep. Even when I was going to wean early, I still didn't have much grass to turn the lambs in onto, so that's why I wanted them eating a bit of creep, just to try and keep them going. Um as we weren't like I, I don't believe in pumping creep into them but it was more a case of just trying to keep them going and ticking over just until we could get the grass back yeah it, at, like at that stage you could be relying on it given the growth rates were still tailing off and things were very dry yeah no we, we were we were completely dependent on creep for lambs to grow there was nothing right so like creep is in with the lambs you wean them probably 10 to 12 weeks old yeah we were weaning about 12 weeks old um we, the bit earlier than usual for you yeah it was a bit earlier than usual usually we lay them up would be 14 weeks anyway minimum kind of thing um, yeah we were stuck for grass so I knew I was going to be weaning early so we put in the creep feeders with them they were very fast to gain on the creep feeders this year I suppose that's probably just a sign that they were probably a bit hungrier but uh, we put in the creep feeders then that was the creep feeders with them for about two weeks then we weaned them when we weaned then we went through, we pulled off any of the heavy lambs that we could go with. We pulled off a finishing group out of the lambs as well. They'll be going on to a bit more intensive feeding. 
we went through the O's then we pulled off any of the thin ones any we checked their elders we checked their mouths you know we we pulled off any O's we could uh, we've good records here because of the using the computers and all for doing the recording in the spring so we checked any uh, lambs that weren't performing well any lamb that was doing under 150 grams a day we, we found their mother she was in the the handheld and we marked them for culling as well now some of them yaws actually were very surprised by the amount of yaws we got out of that there's yaws that probably fell through the net every year but uh, it's not a way we uh, kind of looked at it before but when we went through it and looked at it we found nearly 20 yaws like it's 20 yaws after 100 yaws nearly 10% of the flock that's just not doing the business for you yeah it's, it's like if you're your typical culls every year they're kind of self-identify but yeah every year we'd be going you'd be pulling off you know about elders ones that are getting old teen yaws that kind of thing but yeah, like we were surprised some of the O's that flagged up on the computer as having a weak little small lamb. Big fat, mud fat O's with a good bag of milk under them. And you'd think that, they, you know, come the end of the year, you'd look at them and say, that's a great show. But obviously she's just, not. Just like, she's the not, pasture in the system that's yeah, good for herself. She's not doing the job. She's looking after herself and not the lamb. The one good thing to maybe come out of the drought was you're a bit more rootless. Yeah, definitely. We've been a bit more rootless in the culling. And that's definitely a way we'll be culling our sheep going forward, you know. We'll be looking at them that way. But like, right, so just maybe to bring us up to date, like, look, thankfully, you've got a bit of rain, growth has picked up a bit on the farm. What's the plans for the coming weeks with that flock? Uh, the plans for the coming weeks with that flock, the O's are running around there behind the lambs, they're cleaning up. We didn't do any topping around this year. When the drought struck, all, every field in the place all, you know, headed out and went uh, stemmy. Um, ordinarily, we topped them just to clean them up, but we haven't cleaned any of them up. We haven't topped any of them yet because I'm making the O's go along behind them. Um, the owls are cleaning up the fields. They're taking out any of the paddocks that well, you, it was the right option during the drought. You couldn't top, so you couldn't. Yeah, we just to maintain. Just we wanted look, we needed every blade of grass we had, so we're not. Uh, but you, growth rates have kicked back up again. Yeah, growth rates have kicked back up now. They're about fifty kilos at the minute. There a hectare. Um, look at rain is coming, so I presume it'll get back up. We'll be hoping that next week even it'll be higher again. So. Um, the the finishing bunch of lambs will up the feed to them, whereas the other lambs will. But there's no need to keep feeding them. Hopefully, if we get nice grass up now, they'll run around there on the grass. And you know, I don't mind having them on the farm for an extra week or two if they're, if they're not uh, eating. Meal. You've moved away from the creep feeder, but then you'd mentioned to me before you're just going on once a day feed, is it? At the moment? Yeah, we're going for as soon as we weaned them, we took away the creep feeder and we're just feeding them once a day with the snacker behind the quad. Um, it's just, it's I think it's a better way of doing it. Um, it kind of encourages them to eat the grass as well. You get a certain bunch of lambs and they just sit around the creep feeder all day and they won't eat grass. And creep's expensive, grass is cheap, so the idea is we're just giving them enough feed just to keep them going, but we're not filling their belly, so they're still going graze the grass as well. There's no point in grazing the grass. There's no point in growing all this grass, we're not going to graze it. No, but I got you to hobble for them times. Just like the hill flock for the coming weeks or coming months, maybe, what's the plan with them and the lambs in them? So the hill flock, we're probably looking at getting there next week, I'd say, um, for shearing. We'll shear them, we'll have a look at the lambs, we'll see how they're going. Look, we went very early with the lambs. If it's a thing that the lambs aren't, aren't thriving or they're pining away, we might have to look at bringing them back in because we have a bit, of growth, a bit of growth now on the inside land attached to the hill. But I'm hoping that it'll be okay and they'll go back out the hill. They'll probably stay out there till the end of August kind of time. We'll bring them in then and we'll wean them. You always can go back out the hill then until tipping time. The lambs will be brought in. Um, we give them a rundown around here and we have aftergrass and that kind of thing and if we have lambs that are heavy enough we'll keep them on the farm we'll fatten them and finish them if not they'll be sold as a bunch of store lambs that's usually what we do with them 
that's been your system for the last couple of years yeah that's been the system for the last couple of years and it works fairly well we don't we don't spend a whole lot of money on the lambs that are going to be sold at stores because the returns just not in them um, the lambs that we think we can finish and kill on the farm then we'll put meal into them and finish them and kill them at that stage of the year like there's just not enough power in the grass in September October to finish lambs so you're talking, you have to feed them so you have to do the sums and work out if it's viable to feed them so really you need lambs that are 36 37 kilos plus ideally 40 plus but that and over 36 kilos we'd keep in and finish on the farm and again like in your situation you're not mixing them two flocks so is that single block of ground that you're going to use for tipping as well yeah that's the ground you see i use for tipping as well so that's why i have to if i had more land attached to the hill i could uh, keep on more lambs and you know finish more of them on the farm but i just i'm constrained by inside land attached to the hill i don't i need that land for tipping yows the same way as once i tip them off the back to the hill because i need it again i need to grow grass on it for lambing but um it's that's kind of what works we don't we used to have a bigger area of land attached to the hill and we would keep more of the hill flock in on it but the output didn't justify it so that's why the lowland flock is in on that land now so it's getting that balance right between the two yeah it's getting the balance right it, it takes a while to get right but eventually you get right then a year like this crops up and you're wondering either right or not because you know you, your intensive flock lowland flock they run out of grass and off lot quicker and you still have a bit of grass on the land attached to the hill but you'd be tempted you'd, you know you'd be tempted to change them over but no generally it seems to be working fairly well Okay, Patrick, great to get your insights. Thanks very much. No bother. Thanks, Kieran. Talk to you again. Always interesting to catch up with Patrick, a very interesting farm and story. Now, changes happened over the last number of years, and hopefully, we get to revisit another podcast with him in the coming seasons. Again, his performance can be tracked through outputs on the Better Farm Sheep program, which he's a member of. That's it for me for this episode. Don't forget, you can tune in and listen to previous episodes covering a whole variety of topics on the sheep sector. Again, for any updates on the Sheep Programme, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Chagra Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in to future episodes.